This episode of the Eclectic Gamers Podcast is brought to you by The Empire and the Roanoke Pinball Museum in Roanoke, Virginia. The Roanoke Pinball Museum. It is an interactive museum more powerful than the Death Star itself. It is powered by science and history of pinball. Its mission is to cultivate curiosity in science, art, and imperial design. The museum is open every day except during Order 66 and Mondays. It houses over 65 machines with models ranging from 1932 to 2018. If you only knew the power of the Roanoke Pinball Museum, join me, and together we will explore the entire universe of pinball. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, June 14th. This is episode 117. I'm Tony. I'm Dennis. We have a ton of video game stuff, Tony. I've seen your notes. There, there's they a lot deep. of stuff, but I think we can cut through it pretty quick. I'm hoping it's not going to be too insane. And uh, we have a couple of interesting topics to cover in pinball i don't think they'll be all that long but we will also play another build a bank the hit game that everyone loves that you win sometimes every time well so far we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that so it's been a couple weeks tony what's going on not a whole lot um just been doing some stuff around the house i'm getting things laid out and ready i've got a uh uh, how's how, what's the best way to put it? A a week long unplanned unpaid vacation coming up due to COVID reasons. Oh, uh, we commonly refer to that as a furlough. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm laying some stuff. I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of yard work around the house during that week. Uh, so I'm getting everything set up and getting some of the early stuff knocked out, and then just getting ready for that joy. Mm, fun times. Well, I uh. I Overwatch League was back on, so I watched some of that yesterday. Uh, tried to watch part of the Hot Wheels stream that Dead Flip did. Uh, there were some connection issues or um, something early on, which is the one window I had to watch, so I couldn't see very much of it. And I also went and got a uh, text message from uh, a KDHE employee, State Health Department. Tony knows who who they are. And they're like, oh, well, there's this federal money and we think you should submit a request for our work plan. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if you think so, I, I mean, thank you for thinking of me. And I'm like, yeah, uh, the deadline's Monday. So Saturday was a work day because they needed a cost and technical proposal. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm right. I guess that's my Saturday and video games. I, uh, I, Instead of going back to any of my retail disc games that I had been working on, I had a couple of those. Are you familiar with the the Shanti Shantae? Oh yeah, games? no, I've played the, Shantae the games. The Genie games? Yeah, they're the half fun. Genie game? Yeah, I had never played them before. And I owned two of them. They must have been like game with gold deals or something on Xbox. Cuz I have uh Shantae and the Pirate's Curse and I played through and beat that over the last week. And enjoyed that, and I'm now working on Shantae Half Genie Hero, which I guess is a remastering of the of that or a Kickstarter or so. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, that's so, the one. That's, that's the one I played. That's actually uh, the very first game ever streamed 
on the EGP uh, Twitch was our oh. that's what that's what I streamed oh. for our for the middle of the like like five a.m. This is a test stream. Do not watch stream while I was working on setting stuff up. You know, back when I streamed games, I should I've thought about stream getting back and streaming video video game. I you know I have all the stuff I can either stream console or I could stream PC. I just I just don't end up doing it. I'm very lazy, you know. It's a lot of work, and I've got a lot of stuff going on, and it's hard to always separate. I spend so much time playing games where I play the game, and then I then I have to hit the pause button and then walk away for like 45 minutes to go do stuff, which isn't a good way to keep a stream live. (laughs) No, no. I had that uh, uh, several weeks ago. I was actually going to stream pinball. And I had, I mean, everything set up. The computer was running with OBS loaded. All the cameras were configured. And then I got a call after hours for work stuff. And it's like 35 minutes later, I was off the phone call, but it was, I'm like, uh, I better not. You know, we have to respect everyone's time. Yep. And speaking of time, it's time to go into the pinball segment. Unfortunately, uh, I do need to open with some very uh, tragic news. Uh, Steve Epstein, who is the founder and uh, a former president of the Professional Amateur Pinball Association, commonly known as PAPA, he passed away. I read that actually this morning. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it was Saturday or today, but it was very recent. Very unfortunate. I don't, I never met Steve Epstein. I've heard interviews with him before and stuff. Uh, he's very well known, especially on the competitive pinball side because of the work with PAPA. But he also uh, ran a very successful arcade for a long time in New York City. I believe it was called the Bar- the Broadway Arcade. So that that was very unfortunate. Uh, and in positive news, uh, Gary Stern just had his seventy uh, fifth birthday. So congratulations to Gary Stern! Yay, the Gary Stern! Yeah. So let's move on to the actual uh, manufacturing discussions that we have slated for this episode. We have a couple. One uh, that I want to open with first is uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. They have a podcast. They uh, Ken Cromwell, who I used to uh, host over with the pinball show with, he works for Jersey Jack Pinball now, and he is the host of their show. I do have a link in the show notes to the Jersey Jack Pinball podcast, so people can go ahead and subscribe to that. And the first episode came out this last week, and it was an interview with Brett Abbas. And I did not recognize the name Brett Abbas, but Nor do I, I. probably should have. Because it turns out he is uh, an owner of Jersey Jack Pinball, one of the uh, investors who came in, uh, I think, around the time of The Hobbit. And so he, they went through – Ken and Brett went through a number of points. And I, I won't go through all of them. People should go and listen to the podcast to, to experience all of them. But uh, there were a few things that I thought would be interesting for us to go ahead and discuss. So the first thing is uh, regarding profitability. So Brett, I thought – in a fairly transparent fashion, touched on the, you know, there's been a lot of discussion that Jersey Jack Pinball doesn't make any money, that they've been losing money. And he said that for well over a year at this point, they're breaking even. And they see the path to profitability. So to me, it's like Brett was saying they were losing money. The investors came in. It sounds like now that they've said well over a year, so we're talking basically around the time that Wonka came out, they established the ability to have their revenue match their expenses. So they're, they're stable. They're financially stable. So I thought that was that was interesting because, I mean, obviously we, it's a private company we've never really known, but he didn't just go and say, oh yeah, we, we make money. Interesting. That's uh, 
uh, deeper than I would have expected someone to go into that, actually. And I do find it interesting that it seems like about the time they started making the standard editions, they suddenly were able to break even. Yeah, because the, the, I mean, they've had a standard edition for, I don't want to say forever, because I don't remember what they did with Waz, but it, like, it was the least popular model. Jack Winery, the founder of JJP, he, I think on several podcasts that I listened to, pointed out that the rarest model on many of their games, I think all of their games where there was a standard, was the standard. And it was because it was really expensive. And I think for about $1,000 more, you could move up to the LE model, which had a lot more bling in it. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's like, why wouldn't you do this? Because you, you get all like the better glass and, and all of that. And so, but with Wonka, they took a mech out, which, you know, that was a big change. It, all their games had always been mechanically identical. So they took that, that Wonka Vader out, but they knocked the price down on the standards by another $1,000 versus what the standard was with Pirates. I believe at the time they indicated that was done because of a desire to try and penetrate the operator market more. And I mean, I don't know if they've seen a dramatic increase in the operator market, but I bet you it got them a dramatic increase in sales just because that, I mean, a thousand dollars is huge. That makes a game so much more affordable. We're not, we're not all made of money. Yeah, no, I definitely think it would have had a large uh, effect on their bottom line i'm sure their sales went up noticeably i think it's just i I mean i could be completely wrong it just seems obvious to me that that much of a price drop it would seem to be the one that a lot of people would grab especially considering the in in that specific one the walkivators nothing massively different yeah yeah it's uh because like a carryover feature i think between games ideally is how it's structured uh i don't remember all that well i've never i've never played a version with the wonka vader so uh in terms of uh the operator thing that i mentioned uh, he brett did touch on that they are looking for uh, more market penetration when it comes to location pinball and so they're planning they as a company are planning to do some things to bo- to boost jjp's presence in location play uh, I don't think he touched on what those plans will be, but we will we'll have to just wait and see what what ends up showing up with that. But it tied in, I think, very well with the strategy where I always felt JJP they they would mention operators, but it always felt to me everything they did was like their entire company was only really focused on homeowners. And while that has become a huge share of the market, it's not the only share of the market. And Stern Pinball knows that, which is why. They, whenever I, while I know they sell a lot of pro models to homeowners, they really argue that the value of the, you know, their perspective when they make a pro model is how will this do on a location? And, uh, and so I think, I think it's very healthy to see that Jersey Jack is looking to boost their, their capabilities on the location front. Brett did mention that the factory is complete. You know, they did their move. The, the manufacturing used to be done over in New Jersey and now they've moved the factory over into the Chicago area where their design teams were residing, which I think I never understood why they were in two separate faraway states. But so I think this makes sense. No, yeah, no, that it makes no sense to have your business split up like that for this type of business. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, those were the main points I wanted to mention from the, I do, there's a lot of other, other things that Brett touches on, but those were the main items I I wanted to mention from the, from the interview itself. 
So we have one other manufacturing topic in pinball that we will now pivot to, and that is Hot Wheels. Can't, it's the new game from American Pinball. It's not the newest game uh, in the sense that we actually talked about Hot Wheels back when they revealed it at a show in New Orleans. And, you know, there were all the expectations that you and I were going to be able to play it at Texas Pinball Festival. That was the plan to get it in front of a lot of pinheads. Right. And obviously, thanks to coronavirus, that didn't happen. So things have been fairly quiet since then because all of the stay-at-home orders that impacted Illinois and the Chicago area meant they weren't able to actually be in the process of building games. But now they are. And so those games have started to go out. And I saw a number of things happen just this last Friday. Saw the announcement that Jack Danger with Dead Flip was going to live stream the game on Saturday. I did go. Did you see the stream? I did not. Okay. I went to the stream at the start time and I guess they were having internet connectivity issues and they got worked out eventually, but I couldn't hang around just waiting for the internet to work. So I left the stream. I came back about an hour later, but I could only stick around for about five minutes. So I saw a little bit of it, but not enough to speak with any sort of knowledge. Uh, I did also see that straight down the middle dropped a couple of videos. I have links to them in the show notes, incidentally, for those that want to see them promoting the game. They had one that was sort of, uh, it was built as an unboxing video. Uh, and that's, it's one that it opens with this really, and I, I'm sure they understand, I'm sure Zach and Greg know, hokey uh, green screen effect where they're like in a vehicle, of like a real vehicle on a Hot Wheel track. It's really weird, really goofy. And then they also had a first impressions video. And those dropped on Friday. And so I don't know if you've had a chance to see those videos or not. I watched the unboxing video. Did you watch the first unboxing video that went away or the the second unboxing video, which got to stick around? I think it was the second unboxing video. (laughs) I started the first one, but it dropped while while, uh, work was going on and I had a webinar. And so I had to pause it. And then when I came back, it said that the video was now private. And uh, then later I saw the video come back up again and whatever was different, I never saw because I only got like through the intro before I had to stop to do more work. So, um, okay, well, I was going to say, what are your thoughts on Hot Wheels? But I can't imagine it's probably changed all that much from the footage we saw out in New Orleans because it's the same game. So, but yeah, no, uh, I, I, we haven't talked about it for a while. So uh, I think it looks really flowy. Well, that's kind of what you would hope from a theme like that, honestly. I mean, maybe it's just me, but that's the whole thing with Hot Wheels is, is, is cars going around the racetracks and, and, or more likely cars flying off the end of the table and slamming into the floor because you're nine years old and that's what you do. Yeah. My, my cars didn't stay on the tracks. Um, they never hit the loops right. I'd have the little clamps and clap them to the kitchen table and stuff and, and of course, I had no constructive ability. I still don't. So they usually the the car would wait on the uh, on the track, and the track would twist, and the car would fall, and they would die. You know, I was more into micro machines, quite frankly. Oh man, micro machines! I had a whole See, bunch of micro there machines. You go, there you go, American Pinball. There was the license you should have gotten. You get the micro machine guy to do the callouts. Let's talk a little bit about the about the marketing. So uh, my take on Hot Wheels, and I heard an interview over with the Pinball Players podcast with uh, 
Joe Schober, who we had him on the show uh, last year. No, the year before. Oh, gosh. Tom uh, just kind of stretches. Yeah, well, la- last year was awful because both of us had job changes. And so we weren't we weren't securing guest uh, guest hosts. But the year before, we did quite a few. And we didn't have him on to talk about his job. We just had him on to talk about pinball. But uh, he, I think he spoke the most during the interview. And then I think Michael, who is the name of the new marketing person. I think he's new with American Pinball. He was on the show as well. Uh, and they'd mentioned, and I think it makes a lot of sense given the the YouTube kids show. That's what the screen has got integrated in uh, and the what's doing for the modes and stuff that this this pin unlike their other pins is very much positioned for location play and i think it's an interesting strategy and i i like that they're trying it uh but this whole like whatever happened this friday and and saturday on the marketing side of promoting the game uh i think you've probably seen some of it it was i mean it was to me it's been really weird like we mentioned the the I, the straight down the middle video that was down and then up again, and then did you see the post that was on their Facebook page? I did. On, I did see that post. And I went back this morning. I can't find it now, so I think maybe they deleted it. It was weird. It was like because we knew enough. I mean, we knew it was about straight down the middle because that's who had the video. But it's it it promoted the the dead flip live stream, which makes sense. Totally. Uh, totally. You need you need to promote your live stream. I get it. Uh, and then it mentions that video, the, something, it didn't name straight down the middle, but it mentions the the video, ha, you know, ne- being taken down and going back up. And I assume it was a damage control post, but it's not explaining anything clearly. And it's not naming the promotional work of straight down the middle, which one of those two videos was up the entire time. So clearly at least one of them wasn't controversial. And then, as of the time we're now recording this on Sunday, they don't have any links to either of those videos. So, but they've posted stuff since they came out. So I, I'm like, whatever. I, I don't really care about whatever is happening behind the scenes. But what I do care about is this does not look like how you promote a pinball machine because they have all this content that they seem to have arranged. I, I'm a, I. I mean, I, obviously, I I just came off of recording the pinball show with Zach, so I know they were talking to him about doing promotional video. Why are they not promoting the promotional video? I get that it's great that Straight Down the Middle has promoted their own videos, but why hasn't American Pinball shared them? They've shared the VOD of the live stream, which Dead Flip did for them. That makes sense. They've done that part. Like, am I... Am I Am I off base here, Tony? It seems like they're dropping the ball on promotion. Why aren't they pushing on all fronts? I don't get it. I don't know. Um, I think it's weird that for they have all this promotion out there that and they've got nothing except for the dead flip stuff shown. I guess they've got. Let's. I'm, I'm looking at their website right now. Uh, they've got a link that they put on on the twelfth to the pinball players podcast where Schober was on and Michael Grant was on. And then they've got a link to the, this week in pinball post and that's it. So these other videos, if it's not, if, if it's not Jack danger stuff, it's not there. 
which is a really interesting choice to go. And you're already looking at a company that has decided that the best way apparently to promote their business is to first grab their competitor's business promoter and have him do it for them. And then to not post stuff that's out there and is known to be out there uh, that gives such a look at everything from decently well-known people. It's not like it's like Bob sitting in a bar somewhere. It's from straight down the middle. They're uh, decently well-known and have a pretty decent following. You would think videos like that would be a big part of it, especially considering the whole uh, distributor tie-ins there. Yeah, I agree, Tony. It's I. It seems inconsistent, the message. And I, I get that they're not going to stay on top of everything, but some of this is co- coordinated. Like I haven't, I haven't checked with Jeff Patterson if they coordinated with this week in pinball. I know they coordinated with Zach and Greg. That's why that's so weird. And I know they coordinated with Jack Danger, and he's in there, which that makes sense. So I'm just, it's like here's where I, and as you know, Tony, as our listeners know, I'm not a marketing guy. I never pretend to be, but looking at it from a hobbyist perspective. It's like Hot Wheels like got its legs cut out from under it because of coronavirus. It just I mean, it really just it just sucked in terms of the timing. Same thing happened to Heist with Multimorphic. It's like, here it is. They showed it in New Orleans, yes, but that was not a big pinball show. And then they didn't get to do the big hands-on experience with all the pinheads in Texas. I think that's where turning to to Jack with Dead Flip makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I, I see your I see your point about him being the you know with his tie to Stern and then bringing it, but we've seen I mean, other manufacturers do it as well. Like Spooky does that with Jack, so it's not unheard of or anything to go ahead and and rely on his capabilities because he is a professional streamer. I mean that's his living is he does professional streaming. So I do see why they why they would turn to that for that sort of reveal, and I think that sort of reveal caters very much to a lot of home collectors who want to see a very in depth period of time with gameplay. The promotional videos, for example, they go another angle, I feel. You know, it's that's more of a tease. You, you've got all this edited video. It's shot in a certain way to make the game look good. And what, what I'm hearkening back to as an example, and maybe it's not the best example either, but it's the one that comes to my mind is I remember with Jersey Jack Pinball, which we were just talking about, and Willy Wonka. And I don't know if you recall, Tony, but they had a really – what I thought was a really interesting strategy with the Willy Wonka reveal – I remember they had the, uh, let's see, Special One Lit did a podcast panel with like the leads on many of the categories working on the game. Then Buffalo Pinball did a live stream at, uh, I don't remember what show they were at, but they did at a show. And then Straight Down the Middle did the promotional videos and those dropped before the live stream, but it was all the same day, if I remember, remember correctly, all this landed on the same day. And then there was the deep dive article through This Week in Pinball. It was like a four-prong attack on all on the same day, shoving all this content out for people to consume. I thought, at least amongst people who are in the hobby, that that was a really, I thought it was, a, I thought it was an excellent idea. You had a podcast, so you had a way for people that consume things through audio to learn about the game. You had TWIP. So you had a place for people to study the high res fixtures and do the write up, you know, read the write up of the game, which like I actually am really partial to reading articles to learn about games. So that 
really appeals to someone like me. You had the polished professional style video from straight down the middle, which like if you wanted to show like that sort of stuff is where you go to show the game in the best light possible because live is too risky. You've got all of these other factors that are going to play, but you also have the live stream because that's where you get to experience a lot of where people want to see. I want to see this game played. I don't want to see it polished and edited. I want to see a high quality video of real people playing the game. So they had all of that. And I just thought it made a lot of sense. And my guess was that American Pinball was going for that with Hot Wheels. And then they dropped the ball on it. It, it happened on it happened on separate days. They haven't fully promoted all of it. And we, and we have to bear in mind that they already let, I mean, it's not that they could really control it, I suppose, but they already let video go out months ago from New Orleans anyway. So this isn't a reveal. This game has been seen, known, and understood for months. So like none, and I get a lot of that was due to coronavirus. It just didn't play out the way they wanted to, but I don't understand. So that's my question to you, Tony. Why do you think they are not just pushing out everything they possibly can? Because we're assuming there's a, going to be an announcement of JJP's next game as imminent. That's that's at least a suspicion. And now Turtles is stealing all Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Stern is stealing all the oxygen in the room. And this is this has to compete with all that. And it's all and unfortunately the hype train initially came through the station months ago when the video first leaked out at uh at New Orleans. So I I don't get it. Like What's the strat? What do you? Why do you think they're doing it this way? I don't think they have a strategy. I mean, okay, so it's not just me. It's not just me. Or if they have a strategy, they decided to change it midway into the process for some reason. Either they, either they, they, they changed uh, uh, their plan and it didn't get completely moved everywhere or or somebody in the chain decided to, to they wanted to do things differently but that's it there's either no actual strategy or they completely screwed up their strategy yeah i mean i, I don't know if this is all like coronavirus complications or what but and it's not that they can't salvage so they can always start taking some of this content and put and pushing it out themselves like i mean and they've done it. They're like partway there. I just, I don't understand. It just seems weird. And that's saying aside all the, and people can listen to the pinball show. If they want to hear Zach will go into like some of the behind the scenes stuff on that show regarding what happened with his communications with American pinball, because he did him a solid by doing a promo video for him. So I just think it's really weird that they don't seem to be using it. At least not yet. Yeah. But they were, but they've used some other stuff. Like they're not doing, it's like they're doing a half hearted effort. It's, it's just weird to me. Yeah. It, well, and that's the fact that it seems like the only stuff that got cut out is Zach's stuff makes you wonder if there's something more going on in the background. Period. Yeah. I mean, now that's a, cause I didn't re- realize until you pointed out earlier that the twip deep dive was shared as well. So, cause I, I wasn't sure if it was, if it had been or, or had not, of course that was several days ago. That's probably why I didn't remember, but anyway, well, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I question it. I question that this is the effective way to do it. And that's not even going to, you know, sometime I'd like us to get a guest on who's better at marketing than I am just to talk about broadly, the idea of how do you, how should you promote pinball as a company? Because 
I get like I get the idea that Stern has where they turn to IGN for their very first reveal stuff. Right. That's targeting people who aren't currently pinball people. And isn't that the ultimate goal? Most of this other stuff that happens is for pinball people, but that pool is limited. And I'm not sure most of these prongs of these efforts that companies do actually breach that, penetrate that bubble in a meaningful way that results in sales. And maybe maybe there's not a way to do that, but I think there probably is. But me not being a marketing person, I don't know the best way to accomplish that. So, yeah, I think that might be one of those things that, that I mean, kind of like the IG I, the IGN reveal. They might want to when they have the right license, uh, find an appropriate, uh, very very large non-standard pinball venue to do the big releases uh, or to pick a very high end streamer to do the thing to, to do the release. If you, Cause I know there's plenty of streamers that, you know, enjoy or can play pinball, uh, but are not pinball streamers They're They do other stuff. They just also enjoy pinball. If you could find the right one of those uh, to do the release, you're suddenly looking at somebody when you're looking at somebody who the second they start streaming, their chat goes into subscriber only slow mode because they've got 50,000 continuous views. Uh, uh, that that's the kind of target you need to be looking at. Yeah. I was just the other day thinking, just imagine what would have happened with, it doesn't matter. The game doesn't matter, but just imagine if someone, one of the, one of these pinball manufacturers was to go to like Tim, the tap man and say, Hey, would you stream this? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Tim's into, I don't know if Tim's into pinball or not, but like someone of that level and be like, sure, dude, no problem. I mean, I, I have an audience and I know how to stream. I mean, it, because it gets to a group that doesn't normally see it and the volume. I, th- I think, I think a lot of pinball people, you know, a lot of people in pinball stream and they, you, you'll go, like if I go on EGP, uh, I get excited when I have more than 10 viewers. Like, well, as excited as I get, I don't, I guess I, I'm, I'm fairly flat emotionally anyway, but, but that's as close as it gets. It's what you consider ex- it's excited for you. Well, and that's the thing is like if you go, if you go on to Dead Flip and he's pulling like 150 people. And that's like the biggest, uh, in terms of just like for a regular old, re- quote unquote, regular old stream. Yeah. Like he's, I think easily the largest, isn't he? Is the most I know. I would say, I would say so. Yeah. Easily. But the thing is, is that I, I literally watch videos by a guy who plays submarine games and that's it. And he consistently has between three and 500 viewers and he only ever plays one type of game and that's the only thing he does uh, and then i'll go into somebody else who's much more without even be cons- being considered one of the big streamers just just you know thousand viewers playing a game playing you know like world of tanks with like 500 viewers or cold waters with 500 viewers and then they get into the more popular games and you know they'll be playing zelda with a thousand it, it's just yeah yeah no it's i we had someone uh, reach out to us, as you know, on our Eclectic Gamers Facebook page, and they were asking, apparently, because I speak too fast, they thought I had referenced a streamer who used to play professional Overwatch named S- Sigil. But what I had said was Seagull, like the bird, Seagull. Yeah. And so I get I sent him a link to Seagull's Twitch page because Seagull streams a number of shooters. He still does Overwatch, but he also does like Apex Legends and stuff. And I just glanced at 
his number of followers. It's a million. Yeah. A million. So imagine getting a seagull and saying, hey, seagull, would you be willing to play a game of pinball if we set it up for you? Yeah. And you just be you? I mean, I mean, and that's the thing. And this is about expanding the audience of pinball. That's why, right? Why I'm mentioning names that we don't know in pinball because, the, but these are like if your plan is to lean into Twitch, that's where it is. Right. Like I'm just uh, just out of curiosity, I pulled up my I pulled up Twitch, and I'm looking at my followed channels, just who is active right now. It me JP. <sighs> primarily does D&D stuff. He's in just chatting right now. 5.2 thousand viewers. Uh, Admiral Baharu playing Terraria. He plays Terraria and Minecraft and, and Satisfactory and games like that. Uh, he plays some other stuff too, but those are the big ones I watch when he's there. Right now he's playing Terraria. 4.4 thousand viewers. Uh, Quickie Baby, who is, uh, I would say, the most well-known and best of the World of Tanks streamers. 1.8 thousand viewers playing Worlds of Tanks right now. And he's been playing World of Tanks for a decade or more. I mean, he was one of the first guys I ever followed on Twitch. Uh, I mean, heck, reruns of Bob Ross has 1.3 thousand viewers right now. Yeah, well, it is Bob Ross. But no, no, that, yeah, it's just, that's sort of where, and again, I just, this is just us, you know, just, pie in the sky speculating so i might reach out to someone tony if you're good with it to see about bringing someone on to who knows the stuff better I, and can explore yeah no i think that i think that'd be uh because i'm not even sure like twitch is really where one's mind should be going for because the end game is to sell pinball machines i don't even know if that's really the right even the right direction i should be thinking for expanding the audience that maybe it should be talking about the the ign approach or something with youtube or I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, th- I think with the increase of, I mean, right now the, the COVID's kind of killed it, but with, with the increase in barcades, um, you're going to be seeing more and more people playing in locations rather than at home of the t- kind of target audience you want. Because location plays where people fall in love with pinball, then they become home users. Somebody doesn't just go, oh, I've never played pinball before. I think I'm going to go buy a $10,000 pinball machine and see if I like it. Well, maybe. Well, some people, but I'm going to say that is the exception, not the rule. Uh, I'm looking at the pinball on Twitch right now. There are currently five viewers total. (laughs) Yeah, five times five. Well, anyway, that's, uh, but that's Hot Wheels, so... uh I just I thought we should talk touch on that because that was the other big pinball news. So uh, before we go into video games, let's uh, let's do build a bank. Build a bank. Build so a bank. We, episode one hundred sixteen. We did build a bank. Build a bank. Uh, so I had a week of voting. Uh, it was much closer this time. Up until like the last day. Up until about the last twenty four hours. That's true. Uh, and so for those that don't remember, Tony's picks were the Adams Family, Roadshow, Corvette. Embryon, CSI, Centigrade 37, and uh, my picks were ACDC, Alien, Space Shuttle, Terminator 3, Sinbad, and Apollo. And I did win uh, 56% to 44%. Somehow, with a non-functional doorstop is one of your choices. Hey, it's a it's a hit classic. It's, it, it, it hits the floor as it doesn't work. Uh, I had... 
that one, all right. Based off of feedback to people who contacted me, your strongest thing that I heard when they would mention your bank, and a lot of them did, because of course, when I saw people voting for you, sometimes I privately call them out and say, why are you, why are you supporting Tony? Do you not like me? <laughs> and, and then none of them changed their vote. They just defend themselves. I thought we were friends, man. Why are you voting for Tony? Yeah, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, what are you doing? The biggest thing I heard on your behalf was Corvette, which in my defense, I couldn't pick because you got first picked that cycle. So Corvette was seen as one of the strongest picks that you you went with. And then in my case, there were some people who liked that I picked Alien. They thought it was like a gutsy pick. <laughs> a gutsy pick. It's, like, it's like, yeah, great. That's what I was going for was gutsy. Um, though generally that was my most criticized selection. And most of the time when people criticized it, they felt that I should have gone with Tales from the Crypt, which of course was difficult for me because I don't have any memory of ever playing it. Right. But I did have someone who told me if I had picked Monsters, they would have auto disqualified me. Talk about a burn. Jeez. Yeah. Think about losing just because of one game. Yeah, no, I no, I wow, where what what's that like? I, I wouldn't oh wait. So for those that don't know, we're gonna now play Build a Bank again for episode 117. I've already compiled the list of games from the latest Pinside uh rankings. Uh and we're moving up ten in each grouping. So these are groups of ten games. I'm gonna read them out. I'm going to throw them in the randomizer and the t- the four top ones that are picked in the randomizer are going to be the actual ones that Tony and I may pick from. And we will trade off back and forth in terms of who picks first and who picks second. And I'll pick first this time on the first bank because you picked first first on the last time. So the first set range is going to be the Pinside Top 100's 21st through 30th. And the game choices initially before going through the randomizer are... Batman 66, Wizard of Oz, The Walking Dead, Theater of Magic, Tron Legacy, The Simpsons Pinball Party, Scared Stiff, The Big Lebowski, Whitewater, and Circus Voltaire. Interesting. And I believe you and I have both played every single one of those games except The Big Lebowski. So I'm writing this through the randomizer. Do-do-do. And the games we get to pick from are The Big Lebowski, Theater of Magic, The Simpsons Pinball Party, and Wizard of Oz. And I get to pick first. This is somewhat unfortunate because, okay, I've not played The Big Lebowski, and I'm not a huge fan of any of the other ones that are now chosen. Whereas all the other ones on the list, like... I like I, I like okay or like a lot. Like I own Walking Dead, so why can't it be in the list? <laughs> um, so I will, I will go with Theater of Magic, and the reason is the layout actually is really good. It if we were only talking layout, it might be the best shooting game that John Papaduke came up with. For the and people who have listened to the show a lot know. Well, Dennis, don't you always say that World Cup Soccer is John Papaduke's best game? And I, and I do. And the reason I do is because I think it's got the best rule set. I don't think it's the best layout though, but I think it's got a good rule set. And my second favorite game used to be my favorite, which was Tales of the Arabian Nights, which I like the theme of, and the ball does interesting things, but the rules there also aren't that great. 
Um, and the layout at certain points, like some of those ramps are frustrating to hit. But Theater of Magic, that is not a frustrating shooter. That U-turn around the 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 cube, the chest, the trunk, I guess it's called the trunk. Uh, that's a fun shot. The trunk shot's fun. It's easy, but it's fun. Uh, skill shot thing works. It's got a nice orbit. The rules are unfortunate because it is orbit all day, but the game looks good. It's got a great deal of flow. And so if you're going to have a high flow game, you could do a lot worse than Theater Magic. And I personally think Simpsons is clunky and Wizard of Oz is clunky too. So I'm going with Theater. That's not a bad choice. And I'm going to, first things first, I didn't get written down quick enough. What was the fourth one? Uh, the fourth one was Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's what, all right. Well, that doesn't change anything. Uh, I 100% am going to go with, well, I've not played Big Lebowski, so I'm going to take it straight out of the list. I'm going to go with Simpsons because, well, A, you took theater, uh, which is one that I would have been very considered. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I like it more than Waz. Uh, the fight there is with Simpsons and... While Simpsons can be enjoyable, it can be very frustrating at times also. And so that all that it's one of those things that like a lot of games for me, it's one of those, if I'm hot, I'm hot. Uh, I've had games on Simpsons where I've beaten very good players uh, and I've managed to get everything to work just right. And I've had games on Simpsons where I uh, couldn't score anything. Or I felt like I was just batting things around, which says more about me as a player, I believe, than it does me as uh, than the game itself. But with a combination of uh, what would be considered a pretty classic theme, I think, uh, when it comes to the licensed uh, branding, I'm going to say that's the one I'm going with. Okay. Uh, out of the remaining three, that's what I would have picked, too, so... I, I can't. I cannot fault your logic. Yeah, I couldn't go with Big Lebowski having not played it, and then yeah, I have. A, it actually I, looks like a pretty good shooter, right? But I've but. not played it, and, and even if I had played it, the baggage of Big Lebowski would have made it hard anyway. Yeah, you would open yourself up to also all these. Uh, it's just a brick arguments, right? Except it sells for even more than Alien does, right? Because that game does break a lot. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to move to the next bank, and this time you will get to pick first. This is the the 71st through the 80th game in the top list, and here are the initial 10. Stargazer, Houdini, Flash Gordon, The Beatles. It was tagged specifically as the gold edition, which is the only one we've, we've played. Yeah. So I'm noting it, but I, you know, if you wanted to argue a different Beatles, I wouldn't object. Uh, if it even ends up being in the four that gets selected. Uh, Taxi, Family Guy, Champion Pub, Quicksilver, and Eight Ball Deluxe. So that's a pretty interesting list. That is an interesting list. I like a number of these games. Of course, I liked a number of the games in the last set, and none of them were the top four. <laughs> so let's find out. Do, 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 do. All right. Randomize.org, random.org says the games we get to pick from are Flash Gordon, Stargazer, Houdini and the Beatles. Wow. That is an interesting combination. I'm sure you've got a solid guess where I'm going and I'm probably going to be making for the, the, the game picking the, the, the voters. I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be going wrong on this one, but 
I'm going to go with Flash Gordon. And the reason why is I consider Flash Gordon to be one of those massively brutal, fun games. It's a game that I really like in tournament play because even I've seen even the best players lose uh, on Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon is one of those games that if you're picking games in a tournament and you're behind, it's like, mm, they're the better player. I'm going with Flash Gordon because it gives me more of a chance. And yeah, no, I'm going to go with Flash Gordon. That's I enjoy that game quite a lot. Okay. I, I actually am a big fan of Flash Gordon as well. It's not a, and I, I did think I had two games that I thought you were going to go with either Flash Gordon or Beatles. Oh, you were wrong. Was it going to be Stargazer? Yeah. Okay. Cause there's no way it was going to be Houdini. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Beatles. So, and the reason is that it is an eighties level brutal layout style game but perfected the beatles is better than sea witch and ever the game that it's basically modeled off of in every way it's better art it's better music it's better rules it's better flow it's it it's a winner on all fronts the only problem with the beatles is that it's too expensive for most people myself included yeah but it's brutal and it's a really fun game and if you want a good single level experience uh, it's one of the best ones out there. So I just, if, if it only, if they'd only had a pro model, I think that game could have done amazing things for Stern. Uh, but regardless, uh, I've played it a number of times. I think it's a, it's an excellent game. Uh, and so I'm, I'm more than happy to, to take it for this, for this bank set. No, there's nothing wrong with Beatles. It, it is, you're right. It's a fun game. I liked our options on that. I, are, I they, they were, were all stronger. good. I mean, when the weakest option was Houdini. Which, to be fair, is a pretty weak option. But that wasn't bad. Because normally we get like one good game and three really cruddy games. Mm-hmm. So I'm And all the Stern Electronics people are going to be complaining that neither of us took Stargazer. I, it was close. It was so close. But you know what? I enjoy playing Flash Gordon more. I do, too. I do. All right. Our next set is actually the 121st through the 130th game. So that list is... Mustang, Royal Rumble, WWF, Goldeneye, Mousin' Around, Jackbot, Bride of Pinbot 2.0, Catacomb, Spirit, Star Wars, the Data East version, and the original Black Knight. So run that through the randomizer. Interesting list again. Yep. Our choices are Bride of Pinbot 2.0. Jackbot, Mousin' Around, and Mustang. I go first this time, and I will go with Mustang. I figured you would. Yeah, I really like Mustang a lot. Other than the the theme does nothing for me, I think the layout's really fun. For me, and maybe it was just the version I've, I've, or versions I've played, but I've played more than one, but Mustang, like, next to F14 is, like, the fastest game of throwing the ball back at me and destroying me. Of any, You know, Flash Gordon is really, really brutal, but it's not brutal because it's super fast. It's just every shot on it's dangerous. Mustang is just like, here are these drops, the fuel targets, you need them. They're all going to kill you. Have fun with that. 
here's uh, here's the uh you know here's that fun here's the ramp shot here's the 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 scoop that kicks i mean doesn't kick it out as fast as tna kicks it out but it's just like it fires it towards the middle at the flippers and it's like uh it's ah it's all weird and i but i think the rules are really good i think the dots are fun on it uh the layout i just i really enjoy and uh, it's just it's I don't know if I'd say necessarily that the, I think the game's a little underrated. It's not, I mean, I understand. I'm a bit surprised it's this low down on the list, but yeah, that is a surprise. So, and well, I, I do, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Penbot fan. Uh, I, I've played Jackbot a few times. But I never really got into it. So I'm, I'm sort of going to pass on that one. Mousing around, I actually don't care for. And, uh, Bride of Penbot, I've only played a couple of times. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Mustang, I really enjoy. So that's actually, yes, it was an easy pick for me because it's the one I have the most fun with by far. That makes sense. I am going to go with Jackbot because I think Jackbot is the best of the bot games. Pinbot, pinbot, pinbot. I understand. Pinbot. <laughs> and as much as I enjoy Pinbot, uh, I think Jackbot is the one I enjoy slightly more. I'm actually not a big fan of Bribe. Uh, and I don't like mousing around at all. People will vote against me just because I don't like mousing around, but I don't like mousing around no, at they, all. No, they won't because I, I think I mentioned I didn't care for it either. <laughs> I, I don't, no, I don't, I don't. I, I know some people think that layout is awesome. I do not like that layout. And yeah, and that problem with one of my problems with Bride Pinbot 2.0 is it's definitely made improvements, but you can't, it does not because it can't fix that layout of Bride of Pinbot. Yeah. It's not a great layout. No. So, so. not a hard one. Okay. Not yep. a hard one yep. at all. All right. Well, the next set, and you'll be able to pick first on this one, we're going to be first breaking down our uh, 171st through 180th games before we let the randomizer decide. So, in that range, we've got Nine Ball. Harlem Globetrotters on Tour, Alien Star, Defender, Party Zone, Pharaoh, Starship Troopers, Dr. Dude, Laser Q, and Meteor. All right. There are some solid games in this list. Yes. But there is some yes. crap in this list. So you know we're going to get all the crap. We're going to get nothing but the dross on this one. We, we, we might. Okay. Randomizer has run. Our choices will be Party Zone, Alien Star, Starship Troopers, and Harlem Globetrotters. Hmm. Okay. We we did not do as bad as I feared we no, would do that didn't. randomizer. And you get to go first this time. Party Zone, Alien Star. Starship Troopers Starship and Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters. And I, and I think. I'm going to go I with. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hmm. I was going to say, I wasn't, I at first was going to say, I think you've played all four of these and then I wasn't sure. I'm not positive on Alien Star. I might have. Mm. Uh, but if I did, it was a, I played it at Texas thing or at somewhere, something like that. Right, right. Um, hmm. You know, I'm actually going to go with Party Zone on this one. Okay. I, I, I enjoy that whole run of games. Uh, I always have. The, 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 the party zone and Dr. Dude and, and, and the one I can't, the third one that I can't remember the name of all of a sudden. Uh, I, I never remember that one. Uh, the, the, but they're all games. They've all been at 403 Club and I've enjoyed all of them and I've played them multiple times, you know, at, at, at conventions and elsewhere. 
Uh, but I think that's the one that'll be, yeah, that one's enjoyable. I enjoy it. I'm going to go with there. I will go with Alien Star. Now, this game was at the 2018 Kansas City Pinball Championship. Uh, it was in the free play area. And that's where I thought, yeah, I didn't remember you actually getting to play any games there. So I actually got to spend some time on it. That game is awesome. Alien Star is the easily the best game that Milestar ever put out. Granted, they were only doing Gottlieb for a year, so yeah, that's not saying a lot. But it's uh, the layout's really fun. It's one of those games where you, you do the thing, but the thing is a lot of fun. So you're trying to build up the multiplier. It's got the spinner shot. It's just... it. The sounds are cool. It's got that whole mid eighties vibe. It's real. It's a hard game too. So I just, yeah, from like as a, it's a great competitive game. And so is Harlem Globetrotters. But if I were to pick between Alien Star and Harlem Globetrotters, I would actually take Alien Star. I think it's more fun. So yeah, I have played Alien Star. I'm looking at pictures of it now. I yeah. Have- oh, the art and the art is awesome. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, I am a future Tron esque samurai. Don't come at me, bro. <laughs> Don't come at me, bro. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, next uh, is the 221st through 230th game. AKA the call-up IPDB bank. <laughs> uh, you might know a number of the... In fact, uh, the very top one uh, apparently got pushed down from... Because we did the prior 10 on the last game. Because this one looks familiar. CSI. Oh, hey! So it's back. Because it's apparently been driven down the list. CSI's um, back. Back yeah, the, the other games, Yeah, the other games in the initial selection are Countdown, Electra, Sharky Shootout, Mars God of War, Godzilla, Freddy A Nightmare on Elm Street, Monday Night Football, and Evil Knievel. I've played almost all of these. So let me click the ran and I'll go first this time. Let me click the randomizer. Of course, Sharkies did not make it into the of list, so not. I won't be picking that. Uh, our choices are Freddy, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Monday Night Football, Godzilla, and Electra. And I will go with Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, of I don't course have a t- you are. I'm going with Godzilla, Tony. Uh, because it's actually a really fun game. I don't have a ton of time on it. Uh, so I have to, I've only played it at shows. So I, I have to, I have to be upfront about that. But the thing is, uh, I don't recall if I've ever played Electra. I know I've never played A Nightmare on Elm Street and I have played Monday Night Football, but also only at shows. So, and I, and I probably, so I've, I don't know if I put more time on Godzilla or not, but basically, so I, I have to go off of what I know of the games. And the thing with, with Godzilla is I just think that the layout is really, is really good. You've got the you've got the ramp shot over on the right. Uh, aesthetically, it's off. I get it. It's off a terrible movie, but this might be Sega's best game that they did. I, it shoots really well. Uh, it's uh, it's a balser design. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I probably rank Baywatch a little bit above it from what limited experience I have, but but pretty good. Orin Day did code on it. I think the rules make sense. Uh, so setting aside that the theme is terrible. Uh, yeah, it's got, yeah, it's a sort of a fan layout game, but I think it, it works for what it wants to be. So that's what I'm going with. I mean, come on, we're in the 221st, 230th here. You gotta yeah. Give me a, give me a little bit. <laughs> you gotta go with what you can. 
so Tony, now w- with what you can go with, what's your choice going to be? Because I know I perhaps didn't leave you the best options. I am going to be a hundred percent honest. I have played all of these games. I have played Electra. I looked it up. I recognized the back glass. And that's literally all I remember. <laughs> Is I recognize the, the 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 game? Yeah, I I know what it looks. I know what it looks like because it's a class of eighty one game, but it's like the least popular one. Right. So 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 I recognize this game. I'm sure I've played it, but honestly, the only one of these that has stands out in my head, other than Godzilla, is Freddy. So I'm gonna go with Freddy. Uh, and while I remember, I didn't get much gameplay on it. I remember the one I played was amazing it was amazingly uh uh well put together and and restored it was looked beautiful it was a well cared for well loved machine i know some people really like it one of the best uh horror theme games like true horror theme games that was not done in a campy way but yeah i have no memory of playing it so all right uh our last is the em bank uh, and you will get to pick first this time. Uh, we'll be going through pin size 21st through 30th. Now, this one, you'll probably want to fire up your IPDB. Already had it. Who knows? <laughs> All right, good. Mine's up too. All right. Uh, the initial 10 games to uh, that random.org will consider are Bizarre. I think that got pushed down because I think we had that as a possibility last time. Starjet. Hocus Pocus. Skyline. Crosstown. Melody. GG, Little Joe, Abracadabra, and Skyrocket. Click the randomized. Our options are Little Joe, Skyline, Crosstown, and Bazaar. Like a marketplace bazaar. Yeah, we had Bazaar in one. Yeah, it must have been pushed down again. Not that, yeah, like I think our first one. Yeah, yeah, uh, or no, last one. Or last one. Uh, last time. Yeah, it was in the top 20 last time. And it's, and it's it was in 21st this go, so yeah, it, someone, something else got moved up. So let's take a quick look. Little Joe is... I've never seen this game before. Nope, I have no idea. Never seen it. Okay. Okay, Skyline. I have played Skyline. Or at least I recognize Skyline. So that's something. This is always the hardest section. Yeah, I mean, we get time on these games at shows sometimes, but... Hmm. I guess normally I do share what the... uh because sometimes these names are the same. So just for, so everyone is clear. Bazaar is the Bally from 1966. Skyline is the Gottlieb from 1965. Crosstown is the Gottlieb from 1966. And Little Joe is the Bally from 1972. You mean Crosstown's not the 1935 flipperless cocktail table? No, unfortunately I don't include flipperless. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. With, hmm, so 
basically the only ones I think I have any real knowledge of is Bizarre and Skyline. I think I'm going to go with Bizarre. Okay. Yeah. I think that's going to be the overall best. Because we're definitely getting to the point where it's like, I've never even heard of these games. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, And I... It makes sense because uh, Bizarre was what I was going to take. So I was hoping you weren't going to go with that. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to end up going with uh, Little Joe, even though I still don't have any understanding what this theme is. I don't know. I don't get it. It's like a guy in a top hat and a pirate and an admiral are staring at a bride wearing yellow. I don't understand. All right. Look, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's probably not the right answer, but here's here's the thing. Here's how I came up with my my choice. Skyline and Crosstown are both symmetrical games, so I don't think I'm going to enjoy how they play as much as an asymmetrical game. You took the better one, so I have no choice but to settle for Jim Patla's Little Joe, and so that's what I did. I settled. And the, and the play field is covered in dice? Yeah, that reminds me of Space Gambler, the Playmatic game from 78. So maybe it's a gambling game. I mean, there's a guy on the playfield and his pockets are turned out like he lost all his money. But the back glass, the back glass, I, are they, were they throwing dice? Why are they staring at this woman? Did she drop something? I. Why is there a pirate? I mean, maybe he's a sailor, but he's got a pipe and he's got a parrot. That means he's a pirate, right? It's like the law, yeah. law of the sea. He, he's who's who's Joe, and why is he little? I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want the backstory. You know, here's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and the, the, they're, they're near the port. They were getting married. The guy in the top hat and and the bride were oh. getting married. That's her. That that that's her father. The, the grumpy looking guy with the top hat standing behind him and the groom, he had his bachelor party the night before and then he got caught up. There, 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 there's this sea captain and a crewman, all this, and they're getting ready to set to sea and they're doing a little dicing and he, he's still half drunk. So he decided to sit down and, and, and roll some dice and play some games. And she's angry because he's lost all the money and now he's betting her. And it's just, it, it's terrible. It's just, it's, it's terribly sad. It's so sad. Well, you're not completely off base as near as I can tell. It's hard to tell from the art. I have turned to the flyers. So the flyers indicate that Bally Little Joe and all his merry pals add up to a top four player, to top four player collections. Okay. So he's playing with his buddies. We got that much. And the back flyer in a, in a statement that perhaps has not aged the best, it says, Baby needs a new mink coat? Get little Joe busy today. So basically, I was pretty close. <laughs> so he's trying to win money to keep her in the fine lifestyle that she expects. And that means minks. <laughs> okay. I'm not proud of this pick, but I am sticking with it. So it is what it is. So. For for those, uh, as a quick recap for people, and of course, I'll, I'll try and get this up probably today, a uh, week-long poll like we normally do on the EGP Facebook page. But 
So the options are for the 21st through 30th ranked game. Tony went with Simpsons Pinball Party. I went with Theater of Magic. For the 71st through 80th game, Tony went with Flash Gordon. I went with The Beatles. For the 121st through 130th game, Tony went with Jackpot and I went with Mustang. For the 171st through 180th game, Tony went with Party Zone. I went with Alien Star. For the 221st through 230th game, Tony went with Nightmare on Elm Street. I went with Godzilla. And with uh, the EM 21st through 30th game, Tony went with Bazaar. And I, for whatever reason, went with Little Joe. He's Little Joe. I'm sorry, dear. I need to get my money back. <laughs> so terrible. Okay, let's go on to the video game segment. I don't want to. I'm closing all these windows. I want to look at that game ever again. <laughs> okay, video games. Um, there was the PS5 event. It had originally been slated for June 4th. It got pushed a week. We'll get into the hardware because they finally gave us our first good look at the PS5. Uh, and the PS5 is an art piece. Uh, it looks like an award for, for, for some show or some video game award thing or an art piece. Or, uh, I've seen a lot of people online saying it looks like a router. Um, but they definitely went with a very kind of fancy, uh, something more than just a, the basic brick that's been what most of them have been, uh, for the last several years. Uh, there are two versions of it. Uh, one version has a Blu-ray player and the other version is, has no drive at all. Uh, it will be interesting to see the difference in price between the one with the drive and the one, uh, that is for downloadable content only. Um, there is no official word on price. There was a leak from Amazon in the UK that listed the price as 599, uh, pounds. Uh, which would be about $750. But Amazon has retracted that and said they were just putting up a dummy listing and that the prices were just placeholders with everything else. So is it really going to be a 600-pound machine? Uh, or was that just somebody throwing numbers in there? We're not going to know until uh, they announce the prices. And like we've talked in the past... I'm pretty sure they're going to sit on the price as long as they can between them and Xbox trying to make the other one blink first. Who do you think will blink first? I think, I think PlayStation's going to have to blink first. I think, I think that's my guess. Microsoft has enough backing that they can, they can go out. I think Microsoft could sit down and go with, uh, they can price lower and take a loss, uh, easier than Sony will be able to. Cause I know most of the numbers I've seen, on the actual hardware itself is talking about just, you know, hardware cost and everything else is probably going to be in the 450 range, which means mm. the $400 launch point that is where is so common with a lot of uh, newer thing, newer consoles like the, I think it's $400 currently for the PlayStation Pro, the 4 Pro, um, they're not going to be able to hit. So if they're going to make any money off of it, it's going to have to be between five, at least five, probably more like six. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, they made a bunch of game announcements. Uh, just yeah, that went over. That went over really well. I mean, that was one of the big criticisms of Microsoft's event they had about a month ago. Was it wasn't 
good game coverage. Right. And I think that's why Microsoft has another event coming up next month. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think they're like, oops, okay. Yeah. Uh, they have acknowledged they messed up. They did. Yeah. So we'll see what it ends up being uh, next month. But uh, the game announcements are pretty solid on on PlayStation, uh, depending upon what they can announce uh, for Xbox. PlayStation's sitting in a really good spot. Um, I'm just going to hit the big ones. Uh, there's a new Resident Evil coming out. Uh, this is supposed to be a direct sequel to Resident Evil 7. It's like Resident Evil Village. Uh, oh, okay. But uh, people love Resident Evil. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Well, the only ones I've played have been the ones I played when we did co-op I stuff. really liked 7. It's so, It might be my favorite. Uh, we'll see how well this turns out then. Uh, in addition to that, uh, they're... They announced that there's going to be an enhanced and expanded version of Grand Theft Auto V uh, coming out, and it's so the online portion is supposed to be free for all PS5 owners. What does that mean exactly? I'm not sure. I am impressed at how well they have managed to stretch Grand Theft Auto V. I mean, Grand Theft Auto V has been around for, what, eight years now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still, oh yeah, Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, the, the the first what I felt was a really big announcement for me uh, is the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man game. Oh, Spider-Man yeah. Miles Morales. This was big for a lot of people. I, I really enjoyed the uh, previous Spider-Man game they put out. Uh, that's actually the game that I got with my PlayStation when I bought my PlayStation because it was the one of the it was the, a game that the game that came with it at the time when they were putting it out at the low price point they had at that time. And that game was a ton of fun and the web swinging in that game was awesome. And this game is basically going to be a sequel that follows Miles Morales because he was introduced in the storyline of the other game. Uh, you saw him some and his father and stuff. So this, that'll be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. There's a new Gran Turismo coming. I don't know. Uh, you know, I have good memories of Gran Turismo 2, but at the same time, I prefer more arcadey racing games to the uh, very simulator-ish Gran Turismo series. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised uh, that given the success... Microsoft's found with Forza Horizon to complement Forza Motorsport that there isn't like a Gran Turismo Horizon. It'd be a good idea. I, a lot of people prefer the slightly more arcadey and less, because that was one thing I remembered. And one of the things that kind of killed me on Gran Turismo is in Gran Turismo 2, you have to do all the special stuff to get your licenses to get better cars and better. It just killed a lot of the game for me because it got to the point where it's like, this is a grind. I'm not having fun anymore. Right, yeah. No, and Motorsport was is kind of like that too, or at least it was when I played was like, oh yeah, you got to win these races or do well enough and then you can move up to so you're not driving an escort anymore like real life. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I'm driving my car. Yay. Yeah, that's just what I wanted. Uh they've been, they announced a new Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I've never really played any of the Ratchet and Clank games. I've watched some of them speed run. Uh, I've watched several of them speedrun, actually, 
but I've never actually played any of them, so it's not really a touchstone for me, but I know it is for a lot of people. The Ratchet and Clank games are like what Mario games are for Nintendo people. Mm. So I've heard. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a background with yeah, them. I have no background, but I've I, I, I've talked to and read from uh, comments from a lot of people who are super excited about another Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, Project Athia, which is a Square Enix game, but the trailer was basically one of those uh, cinematic "Look how pretty we can make stuff" trailers that didn't really show much or tell you anything about the game, but it looks like some lady with powers roaming some kind of like super post-apocalyptic looking world. Uh, It's not as post-apocalyptic looking as horizon zero dawn was, but at the same time, it's like she's wearing like normal clothes and shoes. And there's like, a castle background and, but it's mainly just in the woods and stuff. I don't know too, too early to tell, but it's square Enix and the, the, the stuff looked interesting. Uh, there was a cat game stray. Meow. You're, you're a cat. You play as a cat, apparently in a world with no humans. It's all nothing but robots. So, uh, from the trailer, it was literally just the camera following a cat walking around and robots everywhere. And they were like the the very human looking robots. So I don't know what to expect from that game. I have no idea, but it hmm. could be interesting. Uh, they also had there was a game called Returnal, developed by House Marquee. They made Resogun for the PS4, uh, which was an arcadey uh, side scrolling shooter type thing. Um, but it's a very different game. It's like a, from the trailer, it's a, a Groundhog Day-esque horror game. Uh, and yet another, there's a lot of horror games coming. I mean, between Resident Evil, this, and a couple of the other games. Uh, but basically, you're a spaceship pilot who crashed and are attacked by monsters and killed. And then you're back and you crash and you're attacked by monsters and killed. And from the trailer, it looks like as you go through the game, the world is changing in relation to you and in your changing in relation to the world. And like every time you die and then you come back and then you keep going, then you die and you come back. And I don't know. It looked kind of interesting. The uh, uh, following that up is Horizon Forbidden West. No one's no one's interested. No one's in that. interested in that game at all. Uh, uh, it looked amazing. I of the games. This is that's one of the games that is going to sell the PlayStation. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was such a fun game, and it was such a big hit that the sequel to it is going to be. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and there's going to be people who buy PS5s just to play the next Horizon game. I'll be honest, the Horizon games could be turned into a book series or a movie series and would be quite enjoyable, I think. And maybe they're considering it. Oh, I'm sure. If only Sony had a, a movie production company. Then there was a Sackboy, 
which is uh, Sackboy A Big Adventure, pardon me, which is just a platformer based around one of the characters from Little Big Planet. I never yeah, played Yeah, I've pl- yeah. I've played Little Big Planet. I've not played it. Uh I've seen people play it. I've watched I've watched people stream it, but I've not played it myself, but it's going to be a platformer that I'm sure will be done very well because it's a decent company and a well-known franchise. Uh Ghostwire Tokyo, we saw a teaser about it at E3 last year. Uh, this time it's uh, gameplay. It has some gameplay footage, and that was the trailer last year we saw that was like the guy wandering Tokyo, and there were like weird, like ghost things around, and like that other people couldn't see, but he could. Mm. And that, yeah. And there's some game, more gameplay, and it's it's another one of those horror games that seems to be a pretty heavy hit in this go round of the console release. Uh, they announced Hitman Three. Ooh, I do like Hitman. It's Hitman, so I mean, it's the it's not it's not going to do terrible. I'm sure even the worst of the Hitmans still did good, and we're still at least moderately fun. I mean, the trailer didn't have any BDSM nuns running around trying to kill you, so you know it's better than that, Hitman. They're remaking Demon's Souls. Uh, I've seen a lot of excitement for this. I never played Demon's Souls. That was a PS3 game. Right, yeah, I'm guessing that's why they're why they're doing it, uh, just because it, it is older than everything else. And another game we saw a trailer for last year, Deathloop. Uh, Deathloop was the one with the assassins where they were like killing each other. And then the day would start over with yet another mm-hmm. Groundhog's Day-esque thing. Yeah. The art looks awesome. And the the kind of whole aesthetic that game has going for it uh, from the trailer looks really interesting. And it's just interesting to me that there's another time loop game. And there's so many horror games. But this game is made by, is from Bethesda and the makers of the Dishonored games. And the Dishonored games are hugely popular. So it's got a solid backing and a solid pedigree. So we'll see where this goes. We'll see how Xbox responds with their event next month. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to go real heavy on games since they didn't last time. And it's the big thing is it's going to be a question of how long until somebody breaks and gives a price. I don't know what Microsoft's plan is regarding there sounds like there's more stuff indicating that there is a Lockhart version of the console. Uh I'm not sure how they're going to handle that cuz it's supposed to be less powerful not just missing a drive. Right. So uh but I don't think they I think they need to be careful about not mixing up the messaging and confusing people. And Lockhart might not be something you want to promote. It might just be something you release after the the main console comes out, the Series X. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm curious about the, I'm assuming their big event will really focus on Halo, which is supposed to be a launch title for their new console. I don't know if they'll be able to compete with the volume of, I mean, PlayStation, no matter how they've struggled as a, as a company, their, uh, first party lineup has never been a weakness of theirs. No. And this, I mean, some of the stuff is weird, but some of the stuff is highly anticipated, like Horizon Forbidden West. So it's going to be, it's a tall order for Microsoft to, and I don't know that, I mean, Microsoft really expanded their studio lineup, but I don't know how many of them are going to be ready for launch. 
Right. And that's one thing is not all of these titles are launch titles. These titles are all slated to be for 21 at the latest, uh, but they're not all launch titles. Also, which is kind of touches on pinball in addition to video games, uh, Twitch uh, has received a rash of uh, DMCA takedown request. Uh, and it has been lashing back to games and video clips from as far back as, uh, early 2019. Uh, and it's been affecting pretty much all, a lot, everybody, anybody who did mu- has music or sound in their streams have been getting hit. Uh, there's a lot of streamers that will play. Uh, you know, the, like Spotify in the background or whatever while they're doing their streams. So they're all, all getting hit pretty hard. And with the same thing occurs with, you know, pinball and with pinball, uh, uh, I'm sure I wouldn't surprise me if there haven't been some hits on music pens. Mm, yeah. Music pens, I think would be the biggest risk on the pinball side. Also location play in bars with music playing in the background. Ah. Yeah, the, yeah, that that stuff. Yeah, the playing of music in the background. I'm honestly, I'm surprised. I guess for those that don't know, DMCA is short for the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which is a law I think from the late '90s uh, that criminalized production and dissemination of tech devices and services, circumvent measures to control access on copyright works. So it's broadly a lot of people just call it digital rights management. Uh, so yeah, I'm. So what's with why is there all of a sudden a crackdown? Because it's not like any of this is new behavior. No, none of it's new behavior. Uh, Twitch reported that they've actually received a uh, huge influx of takedown requests uh, from the various uh, recording studios and and rights owners. Uh, it's not that they've. Uh, made a, any big change or suddenly started doing something different. It's just that all these requests have started coming in. Uh, the prevailing thought online is that it's some, probably one of those things that everybody was hitting like YouTube and, and, and those various recording sites. But with, uh, Twitch, they weren't getting the same views, uh, from the lawyers and such until it became obvious and Twitch blew up so big during the lockdown where there was lots of stuff going on in Twitch. And when there started being lots of talk about Twitch, suddenly all the, all the places were like, well, they're using our music. Let's nail it. That's the Hmm. running assumption. Uh, And it's going to be interesting to see how it affects things going forward with streamers. Honestly, it doesn't affect most of the streamers I do uh, that I watch because I don't really like streamers who play a lot of music in the background. Okay, so it's not just me. I actually hate it. Yeah. Most of there's there are streamers where that's their whole thing. They do curated music playlists for their night. Uh, but at the same time, it's to me, it's annoying. And some streamers, they crank it up so loud you can't hear the game. You can barely hear them talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's my issue with it. It's not that I I don't have anything inherently against having background music, but like the balance between 
the especially especially the game a lot of times they overpower the game with the music and it's like well but what if it's a song i don't like now i'm listening to the song it doesn't fit with the game they're playing it's just i don't know i just it's never been a thing that i've cared for i've never i've thought about putting on music when i stream pinball and i was thinking it would annoy me so why would i do that to others right and that's the same way like i said i had some people that i've you know, it's like I like what they're watching and I, or what they're playing, and I like their stuff, but I just can't stand the music. So yeah, no, I've had to switch from people. Mostly, if it's too loud, uh, if they've got it too loud, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not here to listen to your radio station. So we'll see. Uh, this is something that has that YouTubers have been dealing with for years, so it's nothing new or special. So it's just going to be how does Twitch and how does the streaming community respond to it is going to be the interesting take on things. Well, I think we reached the end of the show. Yes, I think so. It's been a pretty good one with a lot of interesting stuff this time around. Yeah, we had news in bo- on both fronts. Always exciting. So for those that love the excitement and want to reach up, to us about it, you can email eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. You can go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast as well. We're on Twitch, Twitter, and uh, Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And uh, we should be back in a couple weeks with hopefully more news to report. Yay, news! Yep. Uh, but until then, I'm Dennis. And I'm Tony. Goodbye. See ya.